When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. spotlight let's we got we've got we've got the mastermind of all masterminds when it comes time to taking down a, an opponent's offense in the Super Bowl he does it every time he gets there Steve Spagnuolo Steve the, the great Spags yeah four time champion you're the Not only good. coordinator in the NFL who has won four championships how's that feel Steve how's that feel and you know it's funny it's a little surreal like even um I was thinking about the back to back. Like you don't you don't feel it when you're in it. Like I have yeah. I mean I don't even think back to back or four Super Bowl wins as a coordinator has really come in. It doesn't come into the mind when you're in the middle of it. You know, and then you know, we go through Sunday, we win the game, thank God, and then then I have you guys telling me all that. So now I gotta <laughs> think about it a little yeah. bit. But all right. It's great to hear. And I listen, I, you, you guys know I appreciate you pointing that out. It's uh, something I'll probably be, I'll think about a lot of it, a lot of all of this when I'm probably done coaching, but uh, very humbling. Well, that's going to be a while because uh, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, the right. league, we need you in, in this league. Uh, let, let, let's get to, let's get to something. There's so much to go over to talk about. Let, let's start with the game itself. And uh, really, I mean, look, what you were going into, what was your game plan going in against that team with, you know, such yeah. great weapons? Listen, so many different ways to go with this thing when you sat down. But, I mean, you guys know this. You got you guys are football guys, so you understand when I say this, that no matter what team you play, uh, I, I, I firmly believe that you got to stop the run first. Now, that becomes paramount with this team, with, with McCaffrey and – you know, the, the, the weapon that they have there. If you didn't stop that, our feeling was that, you know, Kyle would just stick to it because he's that dynamic. I mean, Christian McCaffrey can rip off a, a, a tough, hard-nosed 10-yarder and then hit you for 60, you know, mm-hmm. or grind you out for seven, and he did that. I mean, so that it began there. Um, then you got to go to the, all the other ones, right? Uh, you know, the two wide receivers and then the tight end. Um, I all, You know, listen, if you, you, you we were talking about this beforehand. I've always felt it's really hard to take a tight end out of an offense and be able to stop the run game. Right. Because when you're committing a linebacker and or safety or somebody safety. to double in a tight end, you know, that weakens your run game. So we couldn't do that. We had to just rely on guys either 
chucking the tight end or, you know, having a Sam linebacker on him or safety, which we did a little bit. Uh, and then it went to the outside. Now, luckily for us, we have LJ and Trent. And so LJ, if you guys, I'm sure you guys studied the film because that's what you do. We had LJ travel with 11. Then we thought, you know, we could win some of those downs. And then whoever Trent got matched up on, we felt like that might be a, a good match for us. I mean, 19 is a strong dude, but, yeah. you know, Trent, Trent and LJ have been the, the, the secret ingredients to all no of us. Because if you, can, you can't do certain things without those two cover guys. And, you know, now listen, teams will force us into putting the next, another corner out there when they go to three wides, which – San Francisco did. They didn't do it as much because they're more, they function out of 21 personnel, right? Yeah. Because of Pulled Kyle. And Kyle sold, yeah, he sold multiple. But it began with the run game, getting LJ matched up on 11, making sure that, you know, Kittle didn't hurt us with, with big downfield plays. You know, if he got a few underneath, that was okay. And then, now listen, we I didn't even get to the quarterback yet. Because one of the things that did scare me after watching the film, to be quite honest, like I didn't know what to expect with the quarterback because we not a lot of crossover film, right, guys, in the AFC, yep. NFC, and we didn't see him a lot. But the way he scrambled in those other playoff games, yep. that be- became a concern. Now, I didn't think, you know, we got done, <laughs> so we got done playing Tua, Josh Allen, right, and yep. Lamar. Uh-huh. And so all of them, you guys know, in the game plan had spies involved, right? You had to. And so I'm hoping, okay, okay, it's Brock Purdy, who I don't know anything about before I put the film on. Oh, maybe we won't have to use a spy finally. We can rush four guys. But then you put the film on, and he's running all over the place. So we had a little bit of that in there, not as much as we had in the prior games. But adding all that up, Anthony, to your question, your original question, stop the run, get LJ on on number 11, try to limit the tight end to not deep but underneath stuff and then find a way when we got in those passing downs, not to allow the quarterback to scramble like he did against those other teams. Which Baldy and I were watching the third and 15 early in the second half after the turnover and they had a third and 15 and you spied Purdy on that play. Is that the one that did did, um, Willie Gay? Yeah, that was Willie. Yeah. Willie's looking right at Steve. And, and then just, I'll be just honest with you. You guys picked it up. You guys, of course, you guys don't miss a thing. Uh, but we did that because I felt like it felt like when Brock Purdy didn't see man and it was tight enough, which we were banking on, right, that he would pull it down and do what he did in those other games. And I didn't – we didn't really feel like – you know, four down, you know, D linemen, right? Baldy, yeah. they're going, they're putting in their ears back. And as much as you want to tell them, hey, one of you guys has to be respected. Yeah. They don't, they're trying to get, get home, Steve. In the, in the moment. But Willie doesn't get lost in the moment. He knows what his role is. And I knew Willie could run him down uh, because Willie's got some speed. He did. And he got us off the field. That was a, those are big plays. So those third down plays are huge. Steve, I felt like because of your, their ability of both LJ and Trent, to man up like they did, that it gave you a little more flexibility. Like I saw, you know, I saw free safety. I saw a rat. I saw a spy. I yeah. saw pressures. Like it felt like it gave you a little bit more versatility and flexibility to sort of change things up because they want to attack the middle of the field, right, Steve? I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of – they want those dig routes. And, yep. um, you know, even when they did hit it, I mean, Edwards was right there to blow it up. Like yeah. they were good throws. Like you yeah. were, you were, you were driving hard on that stuff. But it, it kind of, you know, that's that's where they make their that's where they make their bread and butter. And I felt like you had a pretty good mix in there to be able to 
limit some of that stuff. Yeah, you, you're dead on, and I, I'll be honest with you, Baldy. Like you know, we you're the we call them. Hey, this team loves inbreakers. Yeah. And, and you guys, I'm sure you watched Brock all, you know, all of you guys watched all of it. He yeah. was so good at at delivering the ball before the, the receiver even makes his break. And so, and he knew, and he, and he knows we wanted to mix up the look. So hopefully that he didn't know we were in zone. Now, Baldy, there's probably you go when you go back and watch this, at least two, and maybe a third time. When I got us in some zone for other reasons, and he just and I, and I, I thought we could take it away with some quarter coverage, and then we preached all week long about the linebackers. Once you did recognize pass, get your depth underneath the inbreaker. Yeah. Drew Tranquil was just a little bit shallow on one, and then you write about Mike Edwards on the one ball that he just it was he was a step away. Yeah, and I just I was hoping we could be there on that, but we weren't. And so when when I felt those plays. That's when I immediately switched to man and said, we just got to put gloves on these guys and not let them get the inbreakers. Now, that was at the risk of probably lessening some run. And then the tight end, you know, you didn't want the tight end to be an issue. But you're right. Uh, it helped. You, let's go back to LJ and Trent. If we don't have those two guys, mm. you can't, you don't feel like you can do all that stuff. Right. Yeah, you're right. We did have some rat. We did have some spy. You know, we had some six men. We had some zero. We threw. We wanted to throw in there early at them. They went to uh, when you put it on Baldy. I mean, immediately out of the blocks, they went to a max protection on a long yeah. third down that we had not seen a lot of. So they must have went in and said, "Hey, we're going to limit them on what they can do." And uh, that was a good move by them. It was the one Trent made the the great play in the end zone early. Yeah, on Debo. On yeah. Debo. Yeah, he spots yeah. the ball with his right hand. He spots it. Yeah, that was crazy. It was a great play. We ran, we ran zero pressure on that one, but they had blocked it up. That's why Chris got yeah. through. I tell you what, when you go back and watch that play, Baldy, watch and watch the running back McCaffrey. The protection calls for him to slide all the way over to the tight end, right, and, and take up take somebody off that edge. Well, he saw that Chris Jones. Got to beat the guard. Yeah, I think the guard beat him. He won inside. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they might, but in McCaffrey had enough sense to say, "Oh, wait a minute, I, I'm not going to go over there. This big fellow is about to hit my <laughs> quarterback." And he turned and he got just enough for Chris that Brock, Brock Purdy was able to step up and yeah, make he, that he, throw. He made a good throw. I mean, it's a good throw. If great throw, and it was a great play by McCaffrey because if Christian McCaffrey is any other back. And he just sticks with the rule that the coaches gave him to go over and protect off the edge where the tight end is. Chris is in there, probably gets a sack. Yeah, he he did a he he did hit that SWAT inside on on the guard, and yeah. he came free like that. And yeah. Purdy did a good job of kind of avoiding it to get that throw. I on that because they they took two deep shots to Debo in the end zone. Both of them were good throws. Well, one one was affected by Chris. The other one was perfectly defended by Trent. I'm just curious, Steve. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to defend a go ball in zero coverage like that first one we're talking about. But I, I, I see where Trent always tries to get his head around. Like, is that – because I see man turns and I see zone turns, Steve. Yeah. Is there a time for both or do you preach a certain style from your, you know, Watson and LJ and, and your group? Yeah. Well, I, what happens to our guys, um, because we're such a press team, that even when we're in zone, they end up in a, a man phase. You know what I mean? Their yeah. their yeah. backs are turned. And, and quite honestly, uh, Trent and I were talking about it this morning uh, while we're talking about Trent. 
I think it's amazing, guys. And I don't know how the voting goes for the All-Pro. But to, to be voted an All-Pro first teamer without any interceptions yeah, it says that people respect his ability, and I'm oh. glad they recognize it. I wish they'd see the same thing in LJ right. because yeah. LJ is every bit as is, is good. Yeah. But getting back to your question, Baldy, on the man, because we are a press team, even in our zones, we end up in those man phases. So I would like them to man turn. But listen, uh, you know, once you get out there and you heat of the battle, you got to find a way to find the football. The point you're making about Trent, I think, does elevate him to the guy he is. He does. Find, he gets himself in position coverage-wise and then looks for the ball. Not all the guys do that. You know right. what I find in this league, guys? In Baldy, when you're at uh, you know the senior bowls and when you're watching all these college guys, because I look for this too, the guys that have confidence in their ability to catch it tend to look for it more. Yeah. Because they know when they look – if they, if they don't have that confidence, they say subconsciously, if I turn and see the ball, then I might have to catch it. And I don't know if I can. But the, guy, but the guys that, yeah, exactly. that have that's the so confidence in catching it are always looking for it. Yeah, that's so on point. Would you take a per- let's go back to Purdy for a second, generally, because early on, I, I, you know, he had a lot of composure. I, I, I feel yeah. like, you know, again, because we, you know, we're thinking same thing. Like you're going to go in and you're going to go zero at times and try to get to him and and. They try to rattle him a bit, and and he he was I was impressed by him. I thought he I thought he showed that same poise throughout the playoffs. Yeah, um, in those I mean they were behind in those other games, uh, and you he didn't flinch. I didn't think, and he got hit in other games, and he didn't flinch. He didn't flinch in this game. I mean, uh, Nick Bolton hit him once, really got you know right after they got rid of the ball. Yeah, um, a couple other shots that he took and. And I, I thought he – I don't think he f- got flustered at all. But I kind of felt that he wouldn't. Like, I didn't go in there thinking, okay, this is a young quarterback. Right. Let's do this and we'll get him out of his game because he had proved it to me in the other games that that wasn't the case. We, You know, early on, especially that first series, I mean, they they kind of stayed on track. Like, I don't know. We, I'm not sure we got him into a third down. We got the fumble, fortunately for us. Uh, but it wasn't until we could get him in some of those third and longers that we could do some things – that we were hoping to do. And, and I, I'll be honest with you guys, there's a, there's a whole list of calls we never even got to uh, just because of the way it was dictated. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a, a real critical point right at this top of the third quarter, Steve. You're, you're, you guys are down 10 to 6, and uh, the kid for, um, for San Francisco, Jair Brown, he gets the interception. you got to go out there and you got to play some transition defense, Steve. Yeah. It's first and 10 at the 44, and 44, they want to take yeah. a shot to Ayuk. Uh, on that seven cut, and LJ kind of gives me inside, but he's got a safety over the top. I see what you're doing. You're squeezing it. And Purdy never gets it out because Chanel comes. I, I couldn't tell, Steve, if that was a designed blitz or he saw something for him just to go on that play. They didn't block it very well. He came was, that the, was it the first play of that series? Yeah, first yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. We went in and had – this is the credit to the players now. Um, we went in at halftime – I'm getting, let's get back to the man zone thing we were talking yeah. about. I felt like we needed some more man calls. So we went into the, we went into the library <laughs> and pulled <laughs> something out that we didn't, we had not worked on um, in a couple of weeks. We had had it during the season. It wasn't anything that they were unfamiliar with, but I just said to him, I said, look, can we, it was bringing Leo through the B gap. 
rather than bringing him off the edge. And we right. had man coverage behind it. And, um, yeah, we put that in and said, we're, we're going to use this, this, this half instead of something that we called taser. And fortunately for us, when we caught, and I called it right away, they gave us regular personnel and Leo, I think it might, I don't know if it surprised him a little bit, if somebody made a mistake, I didn't have a chance to look too deep into it. We've been, we've been on a roll here between the, <laughs> the party on Sunday night, getting on the plane yesterday. We did all the exit interviews today. I've only been able to get through the tape real quick one time, but, uh, but yeah, we had put, we decided that we were going to put that in at halftime. So that one, that one worked out pretty good. Hey, look, we're sports fans, right? We love it. I know football's over and I'm going to be in depression mode. The only way to get out of it is go to games. I might have to go to a little NBA, see my Sixers or NHL, see my Flyers, right? Like, I know all around the country, we love our teams. We love baseball's about to start. The summer concert series is around the corner, and we need tickets. This is why you use the Game Time app. The Game Time app, they're obsessed with saving you money on events, all right? Obsessed saving you money on tickets because they want you in the event. They want to save you money. In fact, they're so sure they're going to save you money that they'll refund you a difference of 110% if you find your tickets cheaper. You're not going to find the seats cheaper. It's not going to happen. You can try, but and they'll refund you 110% of the difference. Check it out. The Game Time app is fabulous, man. Right? You got uh, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. You got all kinds of deals, like last-minute deals, zone deals. So you can pick the section. They'll just give you the row and the seats, and boom, you're good to go. You're going to save on average 18%. And you can virtually see your vantage points from your seats. It's the game time app, man. Changing the way you buy tickets. In fact, use the code ALLNFL, save you 20 bucks off your first purchase. That's right, 20 bucks off your first purchase. It's the game time app. Changing the way we buy tickets. Let's go back early, um, the gadget play where they yeah. score on. You guys had it covered, like which yeah. was which was a, a, a real testimony to your guys because you know you actually have the receiver doubled, Kittle, yeah, right. It was Kittle at that point. You got him doubled, and Jennings is just you know the built-in second option to go Don't back to McCaffrey. Yeah. You know, it was just. We just well, I thought it was just defended well. We had the um, the portion of that play where all the linemen went with the back. We had yeah. we had actually worked on that. Wow. We ran it twi- we ran it twice in practice. Now I can't did, did remember. Did you see guys. that somewhere, Steve? Did you see that type of play before? They they had run it. Uh, we have, we always do a gadget tape early in the week. Yeah. And so one of Don Delasio, one of our secondary coaches collects all the gadgets. Now for this game, um, we, we did all the ones they had this year and anything they had last year. Um, and so it was on, it was on that tape somewhere and we said, we need to run this. So we ran it twice during the week, once in a walkthrough and then once as a live rep. So that part of it, but, but I don't remember Anthony, having the, the tight end George Kittle part of it in there. I think it was right. – and maybe it was. I can't remember. I just remember we when we did it in practice, we always threw it to the back because we thought it was a built-in screen. And the, and the point we were trying to make to our D linemen is, look, it's not natural for O linemen to keep working outside on a play that gets thrown away, right? That would right. be unnatural. So feel that. Now, George did a good job feeling it. 
Nick Bolton did a good job feeling it. And, but when you watch them, you know, Nick thought George was going to go inside. So Nick went outside and George kind of got, you know, George tricked him a little bit. And so McCaffrey got inside the both of them. But when you, when you watch that play again, guys, here's the, this is this game right here, a game of inches, right? Let's get back to Trent McDuffie. Trent was covering for we were in man again. Oh, he Trent, hits he hits Jennings. He blows and, him up. And, and, and Baldy, if he's there just one half a yeah. step quicker or the or fifteen holes, it's, it's, it a fumble, it's gonna be a turnover fumble yeah. and it goes the other way and instead they get six. And that's just how close the game is. And but that was listen, that was a well constructed play by them. I thought when it was developing, I really thought our guys were in good position yeah. he just you know he made one guy miss and we had two guys on the outside instead of one outside and one inside and they he scored steve, touchdown. steve there's there's a critical moment in the game it's 16 16 they're in a four minute drill at the end of the game they got third and four steve you know they're down third and yeah. four and if they convert it they might just bleed the clock and kick the field goal yeah you call a pressure steve no, where you bring you bring mcduffie off the slot He's on, like he has been, he's on Ayuk, but he's kind of dancing in there a little bit. But I just saw where, you know, Bolton goes inside, Karloftis goes outside, and it just opened up the hole. But that B-gap. He hit it just right. And they actually, Ayuk sees the blitz. I mean, he's looking for the ball, Steve. I don't know if McDuffie sort of clouds him and he can't see him. He ends up throwing to the slant to, to Jennings. But that call, Steve, like, what are you thinking in that situation right there? Well, I, I can tell you guys, uh, t- I'll tell you two things about that play because you're my guys, right? <laughs> they, that, that was a fourth down stopper. In other words, that was on my call list to stop a critical fourth down because I felt that's what that was. Yes, right. Now, it is. I wasn't sure what Kyle would do. I, mean, I guess he had to kick it, right? Because you couldn't. Yes. I mean, at that point, right? So to me, it was a fourth down play. So I was on that fourth down list. If I'm being perfectly honest, I had a different call called, but for, there was a, I don't know if they called a timeout or there was a stop. It was a two minute warning, Steve. Yeah. Well, that's what it was. Two minute warning. And so in the midst of it, I got on the headset with uh, Nick. So I can't, I can't remember what the first call was, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a zero press. It was either, we were either doubling two guys or, or it was a different pressure. I can't remember. But I said, Nick, how do you feel about, and I gave him the other call. And when, now here's what I do. Like, I believe that when you present that to players, I look for the reaction and how it comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they're oh, absolutely, well, let's they, do that. The, the body that language tells you how much they love it, Steve. Exactly. And wow. so when I, when I radioed into Nick, I was looking right at him. It was immediate. Yes, yes. Then he gave them the signal, and I knew exactly what he wanted. And so we changed the call. We put a whole, we put another group in, and substituted. Actually, I thought they went in there too early because I didn't want to let San Francisco know yeah, yeah. was coming. But they were so jacked up to go in there. I got another group. Willie, Willie went in, and uh, somebody else. I can't remember what the whole substitution was. But my point is, is when you have confidence in your guys that they know what they want. That makes all the difference in the world. And when I saw the reaction by Nick, and I trust Nick more than anybody, uh, I, I knew that that's the call we should go with. And if you if you win with it, great. If you don't, at least we knew we had the best call possible. You know, what's interesting about that, Steve, it's, it's, I'm so glad you shared that with us. I feel like when you do that, especially with a player like Nick, who's as dialed yeah. in, buttoned yeah. up, you know, pre- preparation, the whole thing, yeah. is that it empowers the players. 
No they're question. Like, you're calling it, but it's 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 their game. It's their call yeah. as much as it is your call off your sheet. Right. Well, they and we did that at halftime, like the, you know, the two, three or fourth. You don't make that many changes, but the two or three key things. And we had plenty of time. You guys know it's a 29 minute halftime, right? So you're in there forever. But when I sat with him, I said, how do you guys feel about this? Now, first, I run it by Nick and some of the safeties. Right. And then I get the whole group and. And generally, none of them will ever nod and say no, you know, because they believe in everything, right? But but you can tell by uh, their reactions and a couple of few things that we were doing. They were all in, and they've been that way all year. I mean, I you guys, have, I think we talked about this last time. This is the highest number of high IQ players I've ever been working with on a wow. daily basis in the course of a game, and it makes all the difference in the world because you can't always do that. You know, we haven't been doing this thing a long time, and if there's you know, if two or three of your key guys are just not, you know, the great players, right? They can run, they can, but they're not quite, you just got to be careful. Uh, but we didn't have to do that with this group. Well, you, well that group, I, go back to last year when you kind of ushered them, particularly the secondary yeah. and all your secondary guys, and you ushered them forward. You you were excited. I remember us talking early in the year and you're like, I, you know, you were excited about that group from the beginning yeah i, I tell you I, I give you an example of how excited we were about those young guys or the trust that we had we got to about week four or five or six and i don't know if you guys remember the name rashad fenton he was a yeah, sure. corner nick. yeah and we had him in 2019 and he but it got to a point i think brett might have come to me and said we have a chance to trade to get a draft or something and and, and I don't ever want to lose guys because I love Rashad too. But we felt like, hey, if you if you need to do that for the future or for whatever we're doing, we're okay because we got these other guys. Let's develop, you know, the Jalen's and the and the Josh Williams. And you know, to the credit and the and our secondary coaches do a great job with them. Dave Merritt and Donald Delasio yeah. did a great job with those young guys all last year and all through this year. Um, and you're able to do things like that. But, you know, having that whole crew back again this year, Anthony, after some of the growing pains a year ago, and even though a year ago resulted in a Super Bowl, uh, they grew the whole year. And then we kind of picked up where we left off and we were able to add some things. And it just it just worked out. Steve, you have a monster in the middle in Chris Jones. Yeah. And not everybody has. Most That's teams true. don't have any anybody like Chris Jones. Yeah. But the thing about him that always impresses me, Steve, is he knows when the game is in the balance. Like, he didn't, he really did very little in the first quarter. Like, I mean, he wasn't really much of a factor, but mm. as the game wore on, he just became a bigger and bigger factor. What is it about certain players? Strahan had that. Obviously, you've been around great players. Yeah. Like, what is it about some of these guys? They just know the biggest moment of the game. Now, San Francisco blew the protection, but there he is chasing on that last third down there, right at the end of, you know, overtime, overtime right there. There's Chris yeah. Jones chasing Purdy. Like we've seen so many times before. Like, is it the way they're wired? Is it their ability? Do they just understand things differently than a lot of other guys? I think the, um, you know, part of it, I think with Chris is he recognizes the moment and he's been in it before. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he's been down this road, so he knows what it takes. And he, I tell you what, I told him this morning, he, I, I'm proud of where he's come as a man and, a, you know, in maturity. You know, and sometimes you, you're careful with saying a guy matured because they, they think they're mature at 17, <laughs> right? All yeah. these guys do. Uh, but he's grown in so many different ways. But you're right about what you're saying. And he... Hey, hey, listen, the one thing, I bet if you ask Chris that question, Baldy, yeah. I bet you he'd tell you off in the corner, hey, look, I take some risk early because, you know, it's early, right? It's yeah. not, But then when he realizes that, hey, wait a minute, this is nut cutting time. I'm not taking any chances here. I'm going to, I know I need to do this. This is my, and he, you know, he bogs down and that's what he becomes. But, you know, I, the, the, that last play that you're talking about uh, at the end of OT, I mean, it was called to get Chris a one-on-one. Right. And I and I know there was a little bit of a mix up there, but I mean, you, with the trust in him in those moments is if we can get him in a one on one, you know, hope he's going to win more of those battles and lose. Right. Uh, and unfortunately, it happened the way it did. And he had to get it out pretty quick. But um, but you're you're right on, and you you list some other guys, Baldy, that you know, Michael Osiu Manura, you know, could step up when he needed him to step up. I mean, you know, even uh, back with the um, the group I had the second time and with the Giants, with uh, JPP and sure. uh, Olivier Vernon. You know, those guys were Good those players. guys were keeping us there, too, yeah. Hey, you guys made a pickup in late October of Mike Pennell. Yeah. And he's, he's bounced around this league. He is incredibly strong, Steve. Like, when Brett Big. said, hey, we're going to bring this guy in, like, I don't remember what the injury situation was at the time, but I thought he was a dominant force in his snaps on Sunday, almost yeah. unblockable at times. What, did you see that right away, Steve? Did you know about Mike? Well, we hadn't. I'll tell you what we did. And, and, and hey, Anthony, leave it to Bali to go right to the big fellas, right? <laughs> had, had to go right to the big fellas. Although I give you credit, Bali. You, you were on the Trent McDuffie LJ. Yeah, uh, Steve, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was all over Trent. That's just good. I know you're all the way around. Well, we had Mike here in 2019. Oh. In, in that first run. And actually, and we got a Mike Borgonzi, who's one of our assistant GMs, uh, found him that back in 29 because we got him mid-season that year too and he was he got released he by Green Bay down yeah. that you know he made a key play in the first San Francisco Super Bowl game in 2019 after 29 season it was early in the game nobody even recognizes this but they ran I ran an all-out blitz in the first drive it was about 25 yard line and they Kyle called a a halfback what we call a halfback slip screen and it was wide open man because we were in man and we were coming oh, off the edge yeah. and and Suggs and Mike Pinnell sniffed it out and were able to get the uh, the running back at the time uh, wasn't McCaffrey on the ground. Had had they not, I think he goes, I think he goes in. They score. We held him to a field goal, but they went for a touchdown. But getting back to Mike, uh, he was really key down the stretch here throughout the playoffs. We had him on practice squad for most of the year. Right. Derek Nadi got hurt. Right. We needed that big, but Derek Nadi, we missed him. Uh, but we needed that big, bigger body inside there to let Chris do the things he does. And and Mike stepped it up. I mean, he he kind of thrives in our system. He loves being around our guys. I loved having him here in 2019. And he went to some other places. We were always trying to get him back. Uh, and then it just kind of worked out this time. So it was great. The last guy I want to bring up is Leo Chanel. Because I feel like, Steve, in today's world, if you need linebackers, just go to Wisconsin. The way they train <laughs> yeah. these guys. But you just, oh, yeah. honestly, Steve, I mean, it's almost like a dinosaur. He's a 250, 255-pound guy. Yeah. He can take on guards. Like he, he, he's he got a big, strong body. And I almost feel like 
those guys have almost been phased out of this yeah. league because yeah. of the spread, the speed. Yeah. But you find a way to keep him on the field. I told Baldy, I told him this morning in our exit view, interview that I'm, we're finding more ways to get him on the field. Like right now, he was mostly base. And then right. I didn't have a package where he was a defensive end right. uh, slash outside linebacker because I did that with him. When we got him, when I got Drew here, recognized we need to get more linebackers out there. We called it Peso and Penny. I didn't get to it as much in this past game. But he needs to be on the field because of all the things that you just said. Pound for pound, he's the strongest player, definitely on defense and, wow. and might be on the team. And – the, the, he's this strong, Baldy. Like, you guys know bear defense. You get two, three techniques, right? Yeah. Well, the way we get into that, and we did it yesterday or Sunday. You walk him right, right up on the guard. Yeah, he becomes the, the three technique. We did it like two or three yeah. times, and we did it throughout the season. But we, we feel like we, that's another way for us to get into bear and, and not have to – you know, put one of our ends all the way down there. I mean, so that's a, I mean, that's a compliment to Leo uh, to be able to do that. But we knew we could do it. He's just, he loves football, smart as a whip. You know, I remember doing the Zoom interview with him. And, yeah. and so you guys are, we're on the Zoom right here. Leo was like, Leo was like this and he was into it. And I, I thought he was going to beat up the Zoom machine. But when I got off the Zoom, I remember Brendan and I, Brendan Daly and I, or maybe Matt House at the time, I can't remember. We just walked around the, the office and said, we got to get that guy. You know what's funny is that we're talking about, you know, a 255-pound linebacker. We, we were talking about, yeah, use check, a fullback. We're looking at you, you went through Baltimore Miami, the whole thing. And years ago, I don't know if you remember this. I mean, I mean, it had to be 06, 07, when the game started to go really spread, really light on the edges. And you're like, listen, the the run game, the lot, all that, all those, that whole thing will come back into into vogue again. Do you remember saying that? You were talking yeah. about fullbacks coming back. You were talking about how the game, the cycle, the cyclical. It does go in cycle. I believe that, and I, I believe it'll it'll bring its way. Well, look at. I mean, you know, Kyle Shanahan's a really good example. I mean, they for everything that's going on in football now with all the spread and the throwing and all that. I mean, he's he gets his team to the Super Bowl and is the number one offense in the league with primarily running it right or running yeah. set up the pass and movement passes and he's made quarterbacks better than that you know i mean it does it so it's a credit and that's a little bit to what you're saying anthony and uh i do think it may eventually go who, who knows it'll never get back completely the way it was i mean no, but you years. called it because we were talking about like it was like the, the wedge had just been taken out of the game and yeah and there was a lot of you know change going on in the game you're like listen we you know i'm waiting for our team to kind of go back yeah. And that. have it. And Baltimore's like that too. Baltimore, yeah, Baltimore. And listen, they win a lot of football games too. Yeah. So you look at the teams that that have done what you're saying, Anthony, and there's been success there. I would be very surprised if other teams aren't doing the same thing. Detroit runs the football. Yes. I mean, really, when you when mm -hmm. it gets right down to it. But yeah, credit to those coaches to kind of shift away from the norm and because well, defensively, that. if yeah, if you're it's like when we when we went back in college when Back in, I was coaching in the Yankee Conference back in the, the 80s, right? And you guys remember. University of Maine, the Black Bears. Yeah, well, yeah, I was at Connecticut, UMass, Maine. And every year we had to play Delaware. And Delaware ran the wing team. Well, when you only see it once a year, it's hard to defend. But 
if everybody was running the wing T, like everybody did, like you're saying, Anthony, everybody got the spread. Then every the defenses catch up. They know what they're seeing every week, and you know you defend it a little bit better. But when it's when you shift the other way, like Delaware did for years, uh, they were hard to defend. Hey Steve, I'm just um, just go down. You're talking about back in the Yankee Conference. Um, if you just go back in time when you first joined with Andy in '99 and Jim Johnson. Yeah. is the defensive coordinator. I can still hear his voice, Steve, like just barking. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I mean, everybody can. And everybody that's ever coached, Ron Rivera, Leslie, yeah. all the guys that came out underneath Jim, they always took something away. And yeah. the way I see you blitzing defensive backs, whether it's Reed or Trent or Legarius off the edge, whatever it is, I almost feel like there's a part of being underneath the tutelage of Jim Johnson that is a part of Jim Johnson. Uh, yeah. Would, yeah. Do you agree with that? Is that true, Steve? I would definitely agree with that. That you know, when I look back at that time, I mean, I had I had coordinated in college. I coordinated in NFL Europe. And listen, I'm 39 years old at the time, and you think you know everything at 39, right? You know, you think I'm, you think you're ready to be an NFL coordinator at 39 or whatever it is. And uh, which back then would have been young. Now it's, I mean, you know, old. Now now it's young. Everybody's, you know, they're doing it at 25 now, yeah. but. The, the one thing that, that I grew in utmost respect for Jim was if we put a pressure in during the week to run in that game, and let's say for some reason it didn't work the first time. Okay. Most coaches would go away from it. Scrap. Not Jim. Not Jim. He would he would he believed in what we did during the week and he stuck with it and inevitably, you know, it would win us a lot of downs. But because I remember as a young coordinator. I was at the University of Connecticut, and you'd have all these ideas during the week. You put a couple in, and then all of a sudden, it doesn't go right the first time. You're like, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not running that again." You yeah. know, it didn't work. I'm not running that again. <laughs> but I, but I learned from Jim that listen, if you believed in it during the week for a certain reason, then why not stick with it um, during the game? But he was he was legendary with all that. I, I mean, I learned about the overloaded pressures from Jim because um, that's what a lot of his stuff was all about. And I mean, it was, it's really nice to operate those things when you got like a Brian Dawkins. <laughs> right. help. Uh, but, I, but I've been blessed along the way to have guys. And this unit, this group that we had this year, we did quite a bit of that because of, again, I'm going back to the high IQ of these guys, because some, some of that stuff can be really risky um, if you're not on point. And, a lot, and, and it really takes a lot of continuity and cohesiveness, which I thought we had. How does this group compare to the Giants group? Like, yeah, so yeah. We, we were, when we were in Vegas, we sat down with Antonio, Baldy and I, and he was giving you all the all flowers him. in the world. You know, he, he loves you. And he's yeah. so bright and he's got such great, like, energy People about skills, him. Man. Yeah, great man. yeah, he's great. I just, Play you know, well. just reminded me, like, you know, of, of, of you, how, like, he just was so. He was awesome. But how do those two, how does that group and yeah. then and and this group compare? Because I think they're very they're very interesting, very high IQ, those two units. Well, both units begin with the person in the middle, and you talk to the key one in Antonio, and then I would match him with Nick. Uh, and by the way, going back to Antonio, I told his dad five years ago he was gonna be a head coach in the NFL. Wow. Because I just I just saw that in him. I, mean, I brought him to New York in 2017 he kind of worked behind the scenes with us after he had coached five years in high school but i when when antonio played you could see that you you talked about the people skills baldy yeah. you could see that he was the one guy 
on the team that could go into any of the meeting rooms and connect them. He could connect linebackers with DBs, yep. D linemen with. He just has that. You need. He can talk everybody's language. The street. He can be in a tuxedo in Washington D.C. Right. Yeah. He can rub elbows with everybody. He's just got yeah. that knack. So I'm, I'm happy as heck for him. I'm so proud of him. But getting back to the two units, Anthony. Uh, they begin with the guy in the middle. And Nick and Antonio are two of the highest IQ players I've ever been around. Because you have that guy, he can get it to the other 10. This, this uh, you know, between the two groups, I don't, I'm not sure we had more experience in New York because there was some youth there too. But it was, you know, it was one year of getting everybody together. But when you have, you know, when you have a, you know, a future Hall of Famer in Michael Strahan, and you had Osu Umanura, uh, Justin, T- uh, he was in it, Tuck was in his third year, yeah. I think. Yeah, he was, he was, and yeah. you had Antonio in the middle. We had Sam Madison, who had been a first round pick, and he was, yeah. you know, come from the Dolphins and all that. So there was a little bit more veteran leadership. This group is just so in tune to each other and glued together by Nick Bolton that they function just so real like a well-oiled machine as we got going. And I would say this, don't lose sight of how important Drew Tranquil was yeah. to, to our success this year. Yeah. Cause Nick was out. Yeah. I don't know, he like a eight. four or five game stretch there. And we didn't skip a beat because of Drew. So, um, you know, credit to Brett Veach and his gang getting those guys here. And then our assistant coaches kind of melting the whole thing together. It's, it's so, it's so interesting how those, how this group, it felt so tight. And then you guys, let's face it, like, you know, and Andy said it when we had Andy on, he was, you know, giving you all, you guys, you and your side of the ball, so much of the credit because, like, they needed you to carry, to carry them through this thing. Yeah, I mean, I got, I guys felt that, and they they embraced it. You know, I mean, when when we know the offense was struggling a little bit, our guys embraced. Hey, put it on us. I mean, I remember Nick saying, you know, Nick would be like, "Go ahead, punt the ball. We're good. We'll get it back for you." You know, that's a that's a lot of confidence uh, in going out there. But I will say this: thank God we got Patrick Mahomes in the <laughs> offense because when you can put it in their hands at the end of the game in the Super Bowl in overtime, and they can drive the field and score a touchdown, I'm I'm, I'm all for that. Give them give them the MVPs. Give them all the MVP. What's 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 let's talk about him for a second because yeah. he you know I mean there's there's every bit he's got that Jordan quality man he's just yeah. I mean not, you've not been around these great athletes I mean yeah. he's got that thing that sets him apart you know he there's just such an inner confidence in him like I've ne- you've never seen the guy waver I mean even walking through the hallway during the week I mean you can see. It just he just spews confidence. There isn't anything he can't do. I mean, I can you pick up a ping pong. T- he probably beat everybody in ping pong. I mean, you said you play golf with him. You're like, it's not even fair. Oh yeah, play first gut here. It's like I can't. And he hadn't even been playing for like you know half a year or something. It was just so evident. The club head speed was ridiculous, you know. And yeah. but he just he just blessed with talent. But you know the other thing too is is a lot like Tom Brady. He gets the team dynamic like he knows how important a whole team is it's not all about one phase or all about one person he gets that he gets the whole money part of it and how you know i mean he gets that and that's that's rare that's very rare you know i remember one time steve we were here in atlantic city andy was with pat i think patrick was the 
MVP, you know, Jaws and the Maxwell Awards were honoring him. And I had, I had to deliver some awards. So I'm backstage and I'm talking to Patrick and Andy's there. And Patrick's like, you know, Boldy, I could be a starting free safety in this league. And I'm like, I'm sure you can, Pat, <laughs> but you're the MVP of the league also. But yeah, I, I yeah. almost feel like he could play on some level, Steve. Easy. He could play free safety. Easy. Easy. I bet I'd do it now. I mean, I, 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 if, Andy, if Andy would allow it, I'd have him go both ways. <laughs> yeah. Because he's, he's not going to shy away from contact, and you know no. he's going to take the right angles, and yeah. you know he's just going to embrace it. He probably has, like, just watching him, being around him a little bit, you know he's got ball skills. So if he gets his hands on it, you know he's yeah. catching it. He's got as good a ball skills as I, I think Odell Beckham Jr. is uh, the, the best ball skills I've ever seen or been around, and Patrick could be standing right up to him too. Yeah. You, you know what's cool is uh, I always love the relationship aspect, too. And and I want to talk about you and Andy in a second. But uh, Andy and Patrick, like that relationship is yeah. it's just pure. Like it's it's a beautiful thing. It's, you know, it's why we all love sports and played sports. And, you know, like there, there is something uplifting when you're doing it together with mm -hmm. someone that you love and respect yeah. and you, you go through these battles. And they, they, they have that. I'll tell you. So, you know, I was a high school quarterback and my high school coach, I have, he's passed, but have a special re relationship with him. And I always felt like the, the head coach quarterback relationship was a unique thing. Now I had the, uh, I'm, I'm going to get, I want to get to Patrick and Andy here in a second, but I had the, you know, the for good fortune to do that with Sam Bradford in St. Louis. And yeah. we had a meeting every Saturday morning, him and I. And I just thought, and so the reason I'm bringing that up is I watch Andy. And so I watch Patrick on Friday afternoons. It's about like three o'clock in the afternoon. Most of the players are gone by now and the coaches are making their way out. And Patrick would pass by my office and he's going in with Andy and they, they'll sit in there. That's probably a good hour. And I'm sure they're talking about game strategy. What plays do you like? But, but that hour, I'm sure... Andy values, as I'm sure Patrick values it. Mm. Uh, and he said, I'll, then I'll see him walk out. You know, I'll usually say, hey, have a good night. I'll see you tomorrow. But I just, I loved watching that every Friday because I knew in the wall, the, the room that Andy's in, it, the wall, I'm, my office is right there. So that, I'm sure they're in there having these high depth conversations and probably about everything, life and the yeah. whole thing. And then I'm on the other end trying to get my tape done for the Saturday morning meeting. But I, I always cherished and loved the fact that they were doing that. But you know what's interesting? Like, even on Sunday, Steve, there was a stretch where obviously the offense was struggling a little bit and they, they hadn't really found their groove. And I see Andy sitting down next to Patrick. They got the video. They're going through yeah. whatever they're going through. But, you know, even when you first got there, like Andy was like, maybe Matt Nagy does it more now, but like, he's like, you've got the defense, Steve. It's yours. Like, Andy's there with Patrick. And it's like, you're the head coach now. You call your defense. And I just feel like there's that massive trust that Andy has, like, you're looking at it, and Andy's here. I'm, I'm trying to fix my offense. You run the defense, Steve. I don't know that every organization can can be like that, but I feel like Andy has that level of trust where I'm going to sit down, I'm going to work with my quarterback right now. I see it all the time. Yeah, that, and, uh, listen, I'm glad you brought it up, Baldy. That's one of the things that I respect Andy so much about. I mean, when he, he, he lets his coaches coach, and – you're right. From day one, and I think that it goes back to how he is in Philadelphia. He had a lot of confidence in what we were doing. And, and it's nice to know. Listen, it's reassuring to know that the head coach feels that way about you. 
on the other side of the ball. The only thing I'm always doing is I'm always looking for them when we need a challenge flag, you know, so <laughs> I'm always right on the head. We need get Andy. We need a bunch of, and he, he's always right there. He's always right there. But uh, no, listen, there's a, so much mutual respect and trust. And, and, you know, I love the man. I mean, you yeah. guys too, you guys have been around. I don't have to tell you anything you don't know, um, but it's, it's, it's great to have. Hey, I got to tell you about prize picks. You want to talk about the greatest way to play DFS. So if you're like geek, like me and Baldy, like I love box scores and yards and, you know, when it comes to yak or assists or home runs, total bases, goalie saves, like I love it all. Well, you uh, people at Price Picks, uh, of course, they love it, love it, love it, and it's the best way to play DFS. In fact, I'm looking at it right now. So let's look at tonight. So if I want to go with, I don't know, Samsonoff, who's the goalie for the uh, Maple Leafs, I go more or less 24 and a half saves. Now, I can match him up with six other ones, go more or less, and attach them together, and I just get payouts. Like, if it all hits, it's all paid out. So there's stat projections. It's simple. And you just pick more or less. So I want to go to the NBA. I click on the NBA. And look, here we go for tonight's games. Here are the, here are the stat projections. And I can go more or less. All I got to do is pick two to six of these players more or less, put them together. It's prize picks. It's going to be your new favorite game. Trust me, you're going to love it. Prize picks right now. In fact, download the app. Use the code ALLNFL. You get a deposit match up to 100 bucks when you use our code ALLNFL. Prize picks. This is the real way to play DFS. What did he say to you? Like, like as those moments, because you guys – he looked for you and he, was, he gave you a hug. Like, what was those final moments like? Yeah, the, 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 the prior years, I've always gotten to him first. But the way it happened in this game, I was down, I was behind the office because you don't want to get in the way, right? They're rolling, right? And Andy was down the other end. And it happened so quick. The other ones, I think we had Neil down, so you knew it was coming. But the first person I saw to my right was Drew Tranquil. And I'm glad it was Drew because Drew's one of those guys that had not won it last year with us, right? He yep. was new. So it was a, he had not won a playoff game with the Chargers. And I was all, all the whole playoff run, I really had him on my heart and on my mind to, to win one. And so I was glad I had a chance to give. I didn't find Andy until – after they did the whole awards thing, and he, I was going up the, the thing. He was coming down the stage. I finally got a chance to give a big hug, but uh, I, who, who knows what's even said? It's just all about hugs and how much we love each other because it's a, a pretty special moment. One last thing for me, Steve. It's you know this is the first Super Bowl with the new overtime rules. Yeah. So you know the game ends. Okay, nineteen nineteen, whatever. Um, San Francisco wins the toss. What were you expecting, San Francisco? Were you expecting San Francisco to take the ball? Were you already getting your defense ready to go and take the field, Steve? Did you explain to them that, regardless of what happens, we did you explain, make sure that everybody knew that this thing wasn't going to crash and burn, regardless yeah. of what happened? How how'd you approach? Well, it? we we didn't have to. I mean, because we we went through it every game. I did it every Saturday night. Andy did it, or Mike Frazier did it for Andy every. I think Saturday morning. Oh, yes, he did it Saturday morning. I would reemphasize it Saturday night from a defensive perspective. 
you know, are we going to go out there and it's going to be get them to punt the ball on fourth down, you know, because it was the or, or do we know they're going to go for it on fourth down, like which is what San Francisco's defense went through. Right. Um, you know, I, I wasn't excited. You got to wait to see who wins the coin toss. Right. You don't know sure. how it's going to go. And then it quickly after the coin toss was won by them and they decide to take it. We're just up on defense. I, mean, I don't even think I just wait. All right, let me know. Let me know what we're doing. We're either yeah. going to be on the okay. sideline watching Patrick, yeah, yeah. and then we know what we got to do, or we're going out there. And, and I tell you, the the one play that sticks in my craw, if I'm being real honest, is the third and thirteen in overtime. I mean, I thought we had him stopped there, and we get flat. Now I haven't seen the play. I don't have a judgment on call on whether it was a penalty or not, but. That, that one just bugs the heck out of me that we couldn't get it right back to Patrick with no points. That's the goal, right? And then, you know, he comes down and he'll, he'll find a way to kick a field goal. You know, we, we have that much confidence. In yeah. it. But unfortunately, they got it and then they drove and we did, we did hold him to a field goal. And you know, we still know we got a chance with Patrick at least get to continue us in overtime, right? Uh, but just like true to his form, we just got done talking about, he, he leads us down there and scores a touchdown. All right, let, let, let's uh, wind down this conversation with you. And I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. And Of course you are. But you, you deserve this. Like, this is, again, I'll reiterate how we started. Four Super Bowl victories, the only coordinator that has ever done that in the history of this league. And, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to say this because you won't, but it's hard for you. Like, if you wanted to go and be a head coach again, the fact that you guys are always deep in the postseason, like, <laughs> yeah. it almost, like, oddly, in a sick way, works against you because teams want to be wrapped up and everything else. And yeah. you guys are playing so late into February that it doesn't, you know, come into play. What, like, what, what's, where are you at now with your career with four titles under you? Yeah. Well, listen, the whole playoff run thing's a blessing and a curse, exactly like you laid it out, Anthony, because, uh, listen, I, I, I'm not an owner, uh, but you, we all understand the business. And to, to wait that long, I get it, you know, and then you wait and let's say something strange happens. I mean, we know that's happened in this league, right? They wait and mm -hmm. they don't get and then, you know, then you're into plan B. So it, it's tough. I, I, I get it. And I understand it. I wouldn't, you know, listen. I, I, I want to. <laughs> we want to keep winning games, and I'll take winning Super Bowls. I'm good there, guys. I mean, that's uh, not too many people. I'm blessed to be in the middle of it. Would I like to be a head coach again? Yes. Uh, did, does that, do all of us that have ever done it before uh, have a drive and some pride to prove maybe what happened early wrong? Yeah, absolutely. And mm -hmm. listen, I, I go back to the St. Louis days, guys. I I'm still proud of what we did. I think what gets lost in the shuffle is where. The second year there, after going one and fifteen, we got them. We beat Saint, We beat Seattle in that last game. We're, we're hosting a playoff game. Now it didn't happen. Not. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's this game, right? We were talking about earlier about how close it was for Trent yeah. McDuffie. You know, that, that's how it is with coaches too. You know, one game, one turnover. You know, uh, change. Poor Kyle. Look, look, look what Kyle's going through right now. Yeah. Right? That's a great football coach, Kyle Shanahan. Yep. And yet, for whatever reason, in in you know, some of the couple of these key games. That's happened to him, but I, I still got a great deal of respect for him. So, listen, we'll see. You guys know how I am. I put it in God's control, and uh, and if His will is for for Maria and I to do that again, I'm all for it. Uh, if not, I'm I'm still a blessed man. I, I get to come on here with you guys. What's what's <laughs> that, right? <laughs> hey, now, you know, listen, you get to go for a three peat. I mean, that's cool. 
that that's pretty cool and, and a great challenge Andy talked about it this morning in the team meeting and listen these guys all I know about pro athletes yourself and all you guys included Baldy you were one but y'all love a challenge right so lay the challenge out there and let's let's go get it I mean one of the uh, one of the players it might have been Noah or uh, one of my t- that, that said the same but you know immediately was hey Three Pete sounds good. Like they already, the yeah, guys are like that. They're, they're built that way. They're wired. Now we'll get through the parade tomorrow and then we'll worry about that uh, later on. But all good go stuff, ahead, man. Steve. I appreciate it. I probably got to run here. Go yeah, ahead, Steve. No, thank, listen. thank you, Steve. Go, go yeah, thank you for your time, buddy. man. We, we love you and uh, we're very you know proud of you. Yeah. yeah, you know the feelings mutual. We'll get uh, we'll get to that Jersey Shore there sometime this summer. Yeah, the Make kids sure are waiting for you. Beer together. You guys Thanks, are the best. Th- Thanks, man. Thanks, all the best, buddy. You got it. I'll let you wrap it up. Uh, see, okay. That's good. There he is. The, uh, the great Steve Spagnuolo. World champion, Steve Spagnuolo. I mean. Uh, four-time world champion. I mean, he's. Uh, 58 Super Bowls. He's got four wins. Four of the 58. I mean, Baldy. I mean, think about that. How? First of all, uh, this is just us. Steve's off right now. We, we just, uh, we, love, we love this stuff. No, I mean, and, I could. I mean, we just talked to Steve for an hour, and he was so so good with his time, and I'm sure he's being run around all over the place, especially in anticipation of the parade tomorrow. Like they're still like they're still talking about the game amongst their players. Exit interviews, and he's got a team meeting. Like it's still kind of there's still business on the you know and before all this celebration takes place that we'll see on TV. One little thing at the end that I think it's worth kind of pointing out mm-hmm. is that. We talked about three, Pete, and he said, yeah, Andy brought that up this morning. Mm-hmm. And all this talk about Andy stepping down, <laughs> I mean, totally <laughs> not are like, are you crazy? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, there's no way in the world he's going to step down. But I find it really interesting because if Andy's bringing up three, Pete. Yeah, maybe he wants to be a part of that three, Pete, <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, that's I, right. Yeah, that was great. Hey, uh, I hope you enjoyed. This is the kind of content that we love and that we're going to bring you guys. Please hit the subscribe button. Please. And uh, throughout the course of the off of this offseason, we're going to get deeply into college, into the college, into the draft. Yep. But you're going to hear from a lot of the players. They're going to come visit with us, just like Coach Players Bagley. and coaches yeah. across the so, board. For both of them, cause have a great day, guys. We all city like the mayor. 